Welcome to the Boom Tequila Podcast with your hosts. I'm Jody, And I'm Erin. And today we're going to be talking about toxic relationships. Maybe you've been in a toxic relationship or wondered if a relationship has been toxic. Well, we're going to be looking at some examples of toxic things, some things you can do, stories and experiences that we've had with toxicity in our relationships. Let's dive right in. So when we're looking at how to determine if someone is toxic, Jody, what do you, like when you think about like how you would define a toxic person, like what, what would you? Um, just an overall toxic person. I would just say that they're flaky, unreliable. They lie. Um, those are the first things that come to mind for me, really. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what, I guess this kind of goes along with that, just like some behaviors or signs and indicators. For me, I think someone who's really passive aggressive. Now, n- not always, but I do definitely think this is at least a red, a red flag for someone who might be kind of toxic to you. I think that... Another one for me, just as like a general indicator is when it gets to the point where you are starting to feel afraid or like you're on eggshells around someone all the time. And you're like, where it's to the point where you're starting to change how you behave, the words that you use, and everything is almost like an effort to bend to what the person that you're with, what you think they want or what you think won't upset them or Um, and it's this almost like fear driven responses all the time to me, when it gets to that point, it's like, there's something very toxic there. Cause that's not definitely. And I feel like a lot of time with these people, it's, they don't, they're this way, but they don't think that they are like, they don't believe that they're toxic or that, you know what I mean? Or it's that serious. And like another one that I just thought of is people that act like they're better than everyone else. I feel like is extremely toxic. That's a really good one. Uh, Do you think there's any gray area when it comes to someone being toxic? For instance, like how would you determine if, if you were looking at a relationship, like, is this person toxic or am I just mad at them right now? Yeah, I think so. I think there's definitely a gray area because we all have days. You know what I mean? Like you can have be the greatest person ever. And if you're having a rough day, sometimes you can't help that. Like you can't help it, you know, and people's attitude affects the people that you're around. So if you're in a bad mood around, you know, family, friends in the workplace or anything, if you're in a bad mood, that affects everyone around you. Even if you're like, well, it's, you know, I, I don't mean to be that way. It's still, you know, and I think that's definitely a gray area because that person might not be a toxic person, but they're just in a pissed off mood. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think I think that's true. I think there's gray area in the sense of like identifying it because every at least relationship that I've had with a toxic person, it always starts out with me doubting myself first and feeling like, well, I'm probably just mad at them or I'm justifying the behaviors or, and that to me is where I've experienced the most gray area is when you're initially starting to think about that person as maybe being toxic and the boundaries that you need to set and that back and forth that I think mentally kind of goes on, at least for, for me, the other one that I think brings in 
a lot of gray area when it comes to how to determine are they toxic versus how should I set boundaries and act and all of that is when it comes to mental health struggles and where to draw the line here. Um, This is one that I've struggled with a lot because if I have friends or family who I know are struggling with their mental health, I've always kind of had the perspective that like, you shouldn't just like walk away from someone or cut someone off because they're struggling with their mental health. And at the same time, someone who is struggling with mental health and they are not seeking treatment often is going to be someone who is pretty toxic to be around. (laughs) And that I think is one of the hardest ones for me. I think, I mean, it might sound selfish, but I feel like overall with people like that, you have to protect your own mental health. Like you can do, you can only do so much for people like this, but if they're not helping themselves, like you said, if they're not doing the work themselves and it's affecting you mentally, then it might be time to distance yourself. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good way to put it. And you and I have talked about this particular one a lot Mm -hmm. with just different situations. And I feel like you always give a good advice here because you're like, you know, just like be there to be support if they reach out, but don't. And that's so hard for me because I want to, I want to be like, they need to go to therapy. And like, for me, I've I've even had moments. Yeah. Like I want to fix it. And I've even Mm -hmm. had these moments where I feel like to sit back and watch someone self-destruct, like that's not loving them. That's not like, I have to do something or say something or like, right. Don't I? And (laughs) I mean, not really, but it's, it's really hard for me not to want to like interject. I mean, like, yeah, your heart's in the right place, but that's just their jerk. Like, it's one of those things. It's like an addict, like everyone in the world can tell them every reason to quit. You're going to die. You're, you know, you're going to lose your family. You're going to lose this everything, but until they want to, and they're ready to your words are nothing that doesn't mean anything, you know? And I think that's along with like the mental health issues as well. Like unless you're willing, unless you want to fix it and you want to put in the work to fix yourself, no one else, no matter what they do is going to be able to help. Well, and there are sometimes too, where I think setting those healthy boundaries and not tolerating the toxic behaviors can be ultimately Mm -hmm. what pushes people. Because when, when everyone around them starts to like, not put up with the shit, it, it can end up ultimately pushing someone to feel like they do need to reach out and get help. Yeah, absolutely. Like that, even sometimes that just like little push can mean all the difference in the world. Yeah. So now when we're talking about friendships specifically, what do you think are some signs or have you ever experienced any toxic friendships that you want to tell us about? For sure. Um, I haven't experienced any in a long time because I have great boundaries now. But I would say some signs to look for, um, say you've got, and we've all met this person, the person that goes too far with their jokes and their insults, and they'll just say, oh, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Once in a while, like that's, that's a great way to learn someone's boundaries. If they're like, okay, that's, that's enough. But if it keeps happening and it's too much, like, you know, it makes you think like, okay, is this, are you really joking after all of this? I would say friends. Friends that pressure you into doing things that you don't want to do. If you say no, that's it. Nope. You know, don't push someone to do something they're not wanting to do. And yeah, just disrespecting boundaries and stuff. I don't know. Those are my. 
Yeah. No, those are, those are really good ones. Have you experienced toxic friendships? You know, I have been, I feel like lucky for the most part when it comes Mm -hmm. to, um, friendships and not having a lot of toxic friends. There was probably a period where like, maybe I was the toxic friend to some people when I was like a teenager, like my late teens, especially. I think we were all toxic then. I feel like you get a pass. Okay. You get a pass. We were all toxic. (laughs) Oh no, I do have one example. I have had, there is this one person that in my adult life or whatever, I, I feel like has been a bit toxic. And this was another one though, where it was really hard because I feel like this, this woman was struggling with mental health issues of her own. And so it was just, I don't know. It was like, I didn't know how to to deal with it. And yeah, it was someone who I felt like rather than encouraging me and being supportive, she was always competing with me and not in like a healthy competition way Mm -hmm. in like a passive aggressive. If you do this, I'm going to try to do it bigger and get more attention for it. Or like, it was really weird. It was almost like copying me, but then trying to copy me like bigger if that makes any sense. Yeah, no. And it was just like, it was messing with my head really bad. I was like, okay, I just have to affect this person off. Mm -hmm. And having that distance and being like, I'm not going to even engage with that allowed me the space to eventually, after like overthinking it for way too much, (laughs) eventually kind of get to this point where it was like me having all of these feelings about this person is on me and like, just, you know, let it go and set the healthy boundaries and yeah, and get to a better place. I had one that comes to mind and honestly, I don't know if we've ever been like friends. I've known her. We've had mutual friends since high school and it's, it's one of those where it affected me too much where we would be cool and friends. And then all of a sudden she would hate me and like post mean things about me and then all of a sudden she would want to be friends again. And I'm just like, I don't like drama. I don't like conflict, especially since we have mutual friends. It's easier for our friends if I'm like, nice. So we're friends again. And then a couple weeks, couple months goes by and then she blocks me. And it's like, that's stressful to me. Like, what did I do? And I want to like have a discussion and be like, did I, did I do something to you? Like, I'm, I'm sorry if I did. I never want to hurt someone or hurt someone's feelings. But I think it's one of those things that I just had to come to terms that she's just a toxic person. And I think she likes the conflict and stuff with people. And I don't like that. I don't, I don't know if she just gets bored or what it is, or I think maybe she just doesn't like me and she doesn't have to have a reason. And that's none of my business. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's easier said than done though, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I just wish I was one of those people that like, just didn't give a shit and didn't care at all. But I just, I just care. I care. <laughs> I know I, I, that could be a whole nother thing. Like trying not to care, like ways yeah. that we have like gotten better at not caring what people think about us, but it's such mm-hmm. a process. Like I'm so much better now than I used to be, but I'm so far from where I, I do like what I envision, like ideally where, yeah. I be, where I just do not care at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fun one toxic romantic partners. Do you feel like, I mean, obviously that's going to look a little different than a friendship, but yeah. Do you have any fun, (laughs) fun stories there? Um, my number one 
thing for toxic partners for people to look for, I would say is controlling. And I know I say that like with everything that we talk about, but it's just, it drives me crazy. You do not own your partner, like period. And when you're in a relationship with someone and you don't want them to go out and do this, you don't want them to do things with their friends and you're starting to be controlling by you thinking you're pulling them closer, you're pushing them farther away. Like people don't want to be controlled. Like I don't think people realize, I want to say men, but it's men and women, but I don't think that people realize how attractive it is for you to trust your partner and be like, yeah, go have fun. Have a great time. Call me if you need me to pick you up, anything like that. Like, but instead, most of the time you're worried about them going off and doing something with somebody else. And it's like, just let people have fun with their friends. Just let people live, let people live. I totally agree. Cause it ruins like I, when you have that looming idea that someone's going to cheat, it gives you anxiety and stresses you out, but -hmm. it also stresses the other person out because if you're texting them, like, where are you at? GPS says you're, you know what I mean? Like, or whatever it is like, yes. (laughs) <laughs> next level, like just an obnoxious stuff. Like it, it's a buzzkill for everyone, for everybody. And yeah. because your mood day, change, and like we talked about before, your mood change that affects everyone else that you're with. So everyone else is like, well, great. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the day, trust is the issue. Not they're trying to sneak out to cheat on you tonight or whatever, because you have right. to decide either I'm going to trust this person or do I really have like a reasonable cause to not trust this person. And that's a whole separate issue. (laughs) Right. But yeah, no, for sure. That's a big one with relationships. So I have had (laughs) my fair share of uh, toxic relationships, unfortunately. And I think that what I would look for now as signs of a toxic relationship is, it was one I mentioned earlier, but when you start to to see or feel yourself shifting who you are to please the person that you're with. And I'm not talking about like, oh, I'm going to try to be open to going to a concert that I wouldn't normally be into or like, you know, but you're really, you, there's an energy shift that happens where you start to feel kind of on eggshells or everything in your world starts to center around making this other person happy And to the point that you start neglecting yourself and even losing your sense of self. And that is, is a major, major red flag. But I'm trying to think of like, I mean, now I would say a man who has children that he doesn't see and like actively parent would be Mm -hmm. a red flag. I know there's, there's always exceptions, but that's a red flag. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, Someone who doesn't have a job, but also is not, you know, financially well off. Like if they don't work because like, I don't have to work, like fine, whatever, but mm-hmm. be real. That's not most of them. <laughs> no. And yeah, the controlling, the controlling mm-hmm. one is a big one. I think, I don't know. Yeah. That was like a rambly answer. So that, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> this one is a slightly different dynamic. But when it comes to family members, I feel like this, these are the ones that can be more complicated because it's not as simple as just like, we should break up or I need to distance myself or it isn't always. Have you ever had situations with family members that were toxic? Honestly, I, I'm really lucky with that. I know most people have, I, I mean, everyone's had issues and conflict and stuff, um, but not really. 
to tell you the truth, like, um, I believe I, that your whole family is like really <laughs> awesome. <laughs> they really are. They really, really are. Good. And I'm not just saying that, like, because they might listen or anything. Like, I'll, I'll call people out. But honestly, like, I've had no really issues. Um, there was something. Okay, so the only thing I can think of really is when I was in high school, I had a friend that had just come out as gay and was um, starting to do drag, and he was really proud of it. He was beautiful. And he came over, um, it was, I want to say maybe it wasn't even, or it was like the year after high school and he came over, it was around Christmas time. He came back in town and was showing me videos of him doing his drag stuff. He was really proud of it, really excited. And my grandma who completely different generation, um, grew up in the South was in her eighties was watching the video and she's like, who is that? And at first it seemed like she was like interested, like, wow, that's really cool. Cause he was dancing and singing and stuff. And she was like, who is that? And he was like, that's me like really excited. And she, I can't, I'm not even going to repeat some of the things that she said, but it was awful. She was cruel to him. He left in tears and I was hysterical myself. I'm like, I can't believe that you made my, like one of my best friends feel this way. Like no excuse. Like you, you cannot like, but honestly, it's terrible, but that's the only like incident really that I can think of. Um, and it was years and years ago. She's not here anymore. So I'm not, I'm not going to like bad mouth her, but that was awful. Um, that's the only thing I can think of, but like, like I said, not no excuses, but it's just a different generation. She thought different than, I don't know. We had a lot of discussions after that and kind of as we agree to disagree. Um, she, she still said that she felt like he was family, but never really apologized for it. And was just, yeah. But on it, other than that, like, that's the worst thing that I've, I've witnessed other people's family have, um, toxic families, um, mostly just people being overly critical of things like even, and I can say that with my mom has even been like, why don't you do your dishes or <laughs> looks like you need to do some lot stuff like that. I feel like it's, <laughs> it's, I feel like it's 50, it's one of those gray areas. Like it's a mom thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's kind of toxic, but it, cause it makes me feel like shit, but (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're saying. Like it's moments more than it is like real behaviors of toxic patterns or whatever. Yeah. 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 I've, I've on the other hand had a lot of toxic family members. (laughs) Um, so I mean, growing up my, my parents, honestly, both of them, had a f- each their own fair share of uh, toxic toxic patterns and, and toxicity that when I first moved away from home, I really kind of just distanced myself and like moved a little ways away that I think was ultimately helpful. And another one that was kind of a, a trickier one is, I don't know if, if you've ever had family that struggled with addiction, but when someone is an active addiction, their behavior is toxic, just like period. Like you can't be an active addict and not be a little toxic. I don't think. (laughs) And that that's a hard one. I had that situation with one family member and at the time what, you know, we, I just worked to set boundaries and I talked with some other family and we talked about like what boundaries would be appropriate. And, you know, so I would say that I would, you know, if you ever need a ride or if you ever need anything, or if you ever want to come over for dinner or come over to talk or whatever, like any of that is totally fine. I wouldn't give money, but I was like, if you need a ride or if you need an Uber or like, I'll 
help you, but I'm not going to just like give you cash basically. And then setting boundaries with that person interacting with kids, as far as like, you know, I wanted her to be clean and I wanted her to be showing that she was doing something in some kind of a treatment program. Like that doesn't mean she couldn't have relapsed, but that she's like actively working on trying to get better. I thought it helped to have those boundaries and it ultimately was a good thing, but they can be really tricky to navigate, especially when it's family. Have you ever had toxic coworkers? I sure have. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't we all? (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, I don't think I can talk about more recent ones Uh, yeah why not (laughs) (laughs) but uh I worked in salon so of course I've had toxic co-workers I want to say the biggest thing that I had like with working in salons is obviously the more clients you have the more money you're making so in a lot of the salons I've worked at that took walk-ins we would have a list and we just go in order. Like whoever gets here first, gets the first walk-in unless you've got appointments or whatever. And every salon I've worked in people do, they'll just try and snatch people right away. And that, I feel like that was kind of assholey and toxic and it would just cause drama, unnecessary drama, like just do stuff the way it's supposed to be done. Or like if a, a regular would come in that we knew tipped good, people would go in and try and take that person if it wasn't their turn. And it was just I don't know. I created a toxic environment when it was not really necessary. Um, but yeah, I just, I feel like everywhere, everywhere's got shitty people. Yeah. Yeah. That reminded me of when I worked for a salon and this was like forever ago and I was an apprentice and there was another girl that was also an apprentice and we had this big project that we had been working on together and she was nice to me. And like, I thought we were kind of friends, but it was one of those like passive aggressive, like where you, you almost have this like feeling like you're frenemies or something like it's mm-hmm. like underlying like your friends, but there's just something off. If that makes sense. I remember this big project we worked on, like she had stolen my ideas and then went to the owner and said that the, they were her ideas, but specifically all the ones I had come up with. And so then he was like, oh, these are so great. And just that type of stuff that was like kind of sabotage and then like gossipy. But honestly, for as many salons as I worked in, I didn't have that many problems. Like I didn't feel like salons in general were catty environments. Yeah, um, that's good. Women in general that I worked with have, have been catty. To be honest, I've always said, I know that women maybe have the stereotype of being catty or whatever, but I have never worked with women as catty as the men that I've worked with. <laughs> like ever. Um, oh my I've, gosh. A hundred percent agree. I've definitely Stop. had some toxic male coworkers though from, you know, very just like blatantly and... sexist to mm-hmm. their egos are so fucking fragile. Like I don't have to tiptoe around women the way that I have no. to tiptoe around some of these fucking men. Because most of the time women are supporting women. We want each other to be better and do better. And you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. these men cannot handle it. They can't handle a one, like a woman knows more than me. Like yeah. that's crazy. Well, and I almost, there's some men that I've, I've almost even gotten this feeling of, is it like they feel threatened or what? Because if you start to do something really well, I've had men that will like kind of steal the idea and like try to run with it as their own, or just start like cutting you out of meetings. If you speak too much or 
things like that, that, and maybe this is more just misogyny in general than it is like toxic coworkers, but it's definitely toxic behavior, whether it's rooted in misogyny or not. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any other examples of times that you set boundaries with someone and what it looked like or? Honestly, I don't surround myself with people that I really have to so much. Like I feel like the people that I have in my life the last few years know my boundaries and respect them and respect me. But yeah, there's been a few times when I've had toxic, toxic friendships. I mean, people change over time. I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago and those people aren't either. And so I've had friends that I had a friend that was just clearly didn't understand. Like my son is autistic and she I don't know if she doesn't understand how it works, how autism works, but she stopped wanting our children to play because I think she thought that it would affect her child. And so, um, yeah, ended that friendship and. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, I know who you're talking to. (laughs) It reminds me of not that necessarily this was what she thought, but it reminded me of like when I was growing up and my little brother has down syndrome and we had this one neighbor across our backyard or whatever, who one time said, she's like, well, I'm not allowed to come over here and play anymore. Cause my mom doesn't want me to catch down syndrome. <laughs> it was like, People are so ignorant. Like it's one what? of those things where I feel like it would make you so mad, but you just have to laugh because it's like, if you're that stupid, like, like I didn't catch me. it and I live with them. Right. I think you're fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. And, um, but yeah, I'm, we're not friends anymore. Yeah. That's, that's it. There's been others, but we'll just leave it at that one for now. Yeah. No, that's a good one though. Like once you have kids, I feel Mm -hmm. like if someone can't accept your kids or even if they're like, not maybe the most kid person that can be okay. But yeah, cause I was that way for years. If they're doing anything that's against your children, like that's toxic. Yeah. And she wasn't mean to me. We didn't really have like a fight or anything about it, but I was just, some other things got brought up. I found out she was kind of lying about some other things. And so I just flat out asked her, I was like, I've seen our other friends that have kids and you guys are doing things together and I'm not being included now. Is that because of the autism thing or what? And she just like avoided it. She gave me my answer by not answering. Like, yeah, she's a great person. Yeah. (laughs) I've, well, you're better off, honestly. Oh yeah. Definitely. (laughs) And I've definitely had, I mean, obviously like when it comes to like romantic relationships that have been toxic, I've been able to cut those off. uh, (laughs) Thank goodness. But then another one that I thought of recently is social media, like cutting people off. Like there are so many people that are in my life only by means of social media. They're not really a part of my life otherwise. And one thing in the last year that I've been doing that I think has been really healthy for me is being more liberal with who I just like block and remove. Like if someone leaves shitty comments on my social media, like just whatever, like I block them and don't really think twice about it. If someone is just I've even had one recently, there's this girl and I had met her and she was like really nice. And we were kind of like network associates. I don't know more than like friend friends, but, um, we crossed circles a lot and she was just posting the most hateful things on her social media and doing it in the name of God. And I mean, it was like homophobic things and oh my gosh. 
awful, like sexist, like misogynistic things. See, I feel like we should all be able to have our own opinions, but when you're hateful and cruel and like, like that, that's a different level. Like that's, that's not a different opinion. That's the type of person you are. And Mm -hmm. that's not a good person. And it was just like, a real like every time I would see her post like it would almost like start to anger me and be like this bitch <laughs> like she doesn't like what <laughs> yeah um and like there would be times where I would start to comment like and be like she literally doesn't even understand like you know not to get too like whatever on this podcast but like the biblical things that she's talking about like she doesn't even get it like she's so off base and to like whatever like even now I'm like she's so crazy <laughs> But like, eventually I was just like, no, I'm just going to block this bitch because every time one of her posts pops up in my feed, I'm so annoyed. <laughs> like, I'm so oh my annoyed. Gosh. And I did. And yeah. I don't feel bad about it at yes. all. Yeah. At one point I was like, you know what I should do is, do you ever feel like we were talking about that idea of caring too much what people think of you? And sometimes if I see, I'll be like, oh, if I see someone that I'm like friends with on Facebook or something. And if I have that thought of like, I wouldn't really want them to know what I'm doing, or I would feel embarrassed to whatever, if this person saw it, like I can just unfriend them. Yeah. Because we're not, I'm not hanging out with these people anyways. Like mm-hmm. I have a lot of people blocked. Like if I post something or share something on Facebook, I have a lot of people that don't see anything I post. Like, I don't even know why I have them on my friends list at all. You know what? I did that recently. I took every single like coworker and like whatever else that I have on my social media and I put them yeah. on like the, what is it like restricted? So like, you're, yeah. you're not like unfriending them. Cause I don't want drama. They no. don't need to see everything. It's not no, their business. This one is like a kind of a weird question, but do you think that you can ever be happy in a toxic relationship or heal a toxic relationship? I think it depends on the circumstances and how toxic it is. I believe you can definitely heal from it. You know, we can all, everybody should be working on themselves all the time and just try and figure out what steps you need to take to heal from it. But I think you can, I think you can be happy in a toxic relationship if it is not like abusive or if you just learn to live with how, if I guess it depends on how bad I weird I'm trying to think of like the best way to answer this like if it's if they're just the second you said I think you can be happy in a toxic relationship I was like (laughs) where how how no I just think like because the reason I say that is because being happy in general overall I think we should not rely on anyone but ourselves to do that okay so if you're in a toxic relationship with someone and that person is toxic if it's so bad that it's affecting your overall happiness, then no, I don't think you could be happy in that. But if it's just toxic, sometimes they're just shitty sometimes because nothing's perfect. Like every relationship has toxic moments. Yeah. Probably. So if it's not, if it's not actually a toxic relationship, if they're just like shitty sometimes, then yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's so yeah, you're right. If it's a toxic relationship, the whole thing's toxic. No, but (laughs) I'm trying to be positive in a not positive situation (laughs) yeah I actually 
actually on this topic, I found this really interesting video on YouTube from, I think it was happily committed that talked about healing toxic relationships. And the woman in the video gave what I think was really some excellent advice here. She said that the best thing you can do to heal a toxic relationship is to work on yourself and healing yourself. And like, so your self-esteem, setting boundaries that protect you, things like this. And ultimately what this will do then is one of two things. Either it's going to weed out the unhealth in the relationship as there's really not room for that toxicity to take root and grow, or it's going to equip you to leave. Uh, She talked about how toxic relationships ultimately like weaken someone's self-esteem and just self-image or even sense of self in general. And so through working on yourself, you start to be able to identify those behaviors that are bad. And through setting boundaries and learning how to do all of that, you, you start to be able to put like block those behaviors. And once you're not, I don't want to say feeding into it because it's not like ever the victim's fault that they, that someone else is toxic. But if you If someone's gaslighting you and you can recognize it, you're going to have a different response from the person who has like been in the gray area so long that they don't even, they question themselves now and they're not really sure. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, Definitely. And so I think that I thought that was really good. And then I don't think that personally, I don't think you can be happy when you're in a toxic relationship. I think you can heal from a toxic relationship after you leave or that if the person is willing to get help themselves and take accountability and, and work on those behaviors through therapy or whatever they need to do. I think yeah. that it can heal, but yeah. We had asked our listeners if they had any experiences with toxic relationships that they wanted to share. And we had a few come in. We're going to just read a couple of the ones that came in. This first one says that a sign someone is toxic for them is that the person like they will always come first. They are almost incapable of self-sacrifice or empathy. Their opinion is right and yours may or may not be. They are unwilling to compromise even in small areas. They have the ability to shift blame and issues that come up are just never their fault. Yeah, that's a big one. Like someone who doesn't ever take accountability and blames everything on you. Definitely. Uh, The next one says, my ex was always seeking out other places or people for satisfaction. He never seems satisfied with just me. He's very selfish person by nature and chose others before me frequently. Even after I communicated that this was a big issue in our relationship, eventually it did lead to our divorce. I was never enough for him. And he continues with the same behaviors now in his other relationships. Uh, (laughs) um, And then the last one that we're going to read says, um, someone assigns that someone is toxic for me as someone who is controlling smokes meth or is a man um (laughs) yeah cool cool (laughs) yeah that works that works all right so now we're gonna go through a few kind of just scenarios and decide if this is toxic or not these were some questions from that people were asking on reddit so joe did you want to read the first one i do um is my relationship toxic? My boyfriend and I live together. We have a car together. We support each other financially, but we aren't married. I've dated him for about five months now. Here's the downside. I'm supposed to do certain things around the house that benefit him. When I don't, he'll put me down and say I'm lazy and useless. I don't know what to do. 
I've never lived with a guy before. Do they have mood swings like that? I pay for most of the food, etc. Will he get worse? Example, I have to wake him up at a certain time so he can get ready for work. And also a certain time when he's supposed to be out of the bathroom. Like I'm his alarm clock. If not, he'll be really mad at me. Is that controlling? It just feels like everything benefits him. <laughs> Seriously. I know. But the thing is, like, I feel like some of these girls have to be young or I'm hoping yeah. they're younger because really naive in toxic relationships that I've been in. There are times I look back and I'm like, literally, there was no reason that I stayed in that relationship. If you were like, well, why'd you stay? Like, I cannot give you an answer that is going to be like, oh, yeah, I got it. Like, that makes sense. <laughs> like, because you justify everything along the way. Like things start off usually like good or at least like mediocre. And then you have these little gray areas and the gray area just gets bigger and bigger to where everything's gray area. And you start to question. And then you're just like, well, maybe, maybe living with guys is just like this. Like maybe men are just moody. These are the ways that you start to justify that everything's okay. And no, it's not like those instincts don't ignore them because you start ignoring them and you ignore them more and more. And then that's when you end up not even knowing what's toxic and what's not because you've ignored all the red flags, all of your gut instincts telling you. And this is just five months in, like imagine how much worse it's going to get. I guarantee it was his idea to move in together so that he could control her and separate her from her friends and her family and dig it in her mind. Like this is what it's, especially since she's never lived with someone before. Is that what she said? Mm -hmm. She's never lived with a man before. Yeah. So she doesn't know any better. And he knows that. And he thinks, okay, well, I'll just tell her like, this is how it is. This is how it is when you live with someone and you, you this is what you do for your partner. And she, mm-hmm. he's going to be digging that stuff into her. For sure. And then if she doesn't do it or questions him about it, she's going to, he's going to, he's a narcissist for sure. And he's going to be like, you're crazy. Like, this is how it's supposed to be. This is how we've been since for the past five months. Like, uh-huh. get out. Well, and sure. she, she said, I pay for most of the food, et cetera, which is a sign to me that she's downplaying that she probably is paying the majority of the cost of living in the household. And so like, he's treating her like shit and she's like paying for everything. Get, just leave him seriously. Yeah. Like tr- trust he's me, awful. you'll be a lot happier when you do. <laughs> Definitely. Oh okay. Gosh. This next one is how do you support your sister while she's in a unhealthy or toxic relationship? My twin sister, 34 has been with her boyfriend for about two years now. They argue constantly. He's belittling, condescending, lazy, selfish, immature. Um, he told her after she had just returned to work from being off after a strict lockdown that she should eat less because food is expensive. And then he would hit the McDonald's drive through on the way home from his job He has called the police on her twice saying that she was threatening his safety, even though he outweighs her by over 40 pounds. They had argued she wanted to walk away, distract herself to calm down. So she picked up her sewing kit and left the room. The kit had scissors in it. So he claimed that she was holding a weapon. (laughs) Assuming this is true. That's ridiculous. I, I always like suspect there's more to these stories when they start to get this dramatic, but. She was in a long-term garbage relationship in her 20s, and we all thought that she had learned from that, but apparently she hasn't. I really hate this dude. I hate their relationship. She loves him, and I don't know how to support her. I know I need to keep my opinions to myself. It's bad manners to just harp on her. She already knows I don't like him, 
but how would you deal with something like this? Have you already? And what do you do to support it? I love this question for Jody because when I was in a toxic relationship, she really was like, I'm like, you're a saint. Like, I don't, <sighs> I don't. You, you just have to learn that when two people in a relationship, for example, my addict thing, when someone's an addict, they're not going to stop being an addict until they're ready to change. When two people are in a relationship, they're not going to split up until they're ready to. And if you tell them how awful their partner is and that they should leave and how much you hate them, that's going to push them away from you. Like, of course, if you see someone you love in a bad, toxic, terrible relationship, you want to reach out and you want to help and you want to try and open their eyes, but it never works out. You end up being the bad one and you just push them away. And also that can break your friendship because say he was abusive towards her and she doesn't feel close to you anymore because of the conflict that you caused or the issues that you caused between you and her. And so now she feels like she can't come to you now. So yeah, just try and be supportive. Honestly, that's, it sucks, but that's my only advice that I, yeah, no, that's definitely a tough situation, but I agree. Just basically letting her make her decisions and being there if she wants to talk, especially the fact, one thing that stood out to me, it was like, she was in like her last relationship was with a really toxic guy. And we thought she learned from that. What I will say, and this is unfortunate, but women who are in abusive relationships tend to find themselves in abusive relationships again, if nothing significantly changes. And that's not their fault. It's not that they're seeking out abusive relationships or that they bring it on, but there are certain character traits that perpetrators look for. And when you aren't very assertive, you're insecure, you don't really know how to set very good boundaries. That is kind of a really great foundation for ultimately being in a toxic relationship. Anyways, that could be a whole other episode, but okay. And now it's time for Joe Jam. This is the part where we just share music recommendations, new music, all about. Jody, what do you have this week? All the things. I just have one this week. Um, I came across it from a TikTok, which is where I find most of my stuff anymore, I feel like. But it was a TikTok talking about like, I really love like meaningful lyrics and I read into them a lot. And it's by Zach Bryan and the song is called Something in the Orange. And I just think it's a really beautiful like country song and yeah, listen to it and listen to the lyrics and have a good cry if you want. So yeah. What do you got? I have two this week. Uh, one is Kendrick Lamar is out with a new song. It's been a minute. It's called the heart part five. And then another one is by Russ and it's called star. And I discovered him from TikTok, so, nice. <laughs> also, but yeah. All right. And now it's time to dish bish. You better dish bish. For dish bish today, we are going to basically just do some quick, fun question answers. So first one, Jody, name three things you are afraid of. Escalators, kangaroos, and the dark. Those are good. What about you? Spiders, first dates, (laughs) and thunderstorms. Okay. Okay. 
What is a bad habit that you would like to break? I would like to, I don't know if this is, I would say it's a habit because I, it happens like every time obsessing every time I like post a picture or anything over like, Oh, is, is it gross? Do I look too fat? Do I look like, are my teeth too gross? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like being really self-conscious about pictures. Exactly. I would like to not care. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, bad habit. Okay. This is a dumb one, but the first one that came to mind is like picking at my cuticles when I have like a little thing, Um, it always makes it so much worse every time. And like, I can't, I cannot do it. Okay. What position do you think is overrated? So a lot of people probably won't agree with me, but I want to say quarterback. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, reverse cowgirl. If you're talking sex, you're talking sex, right? Oh yeah. (laughs) You're not talking football. (laughs) No, they're all overrated in football. I don't even know. (laughs) No, No, I was, I think reverse cowgirl. Yeah. Yeah. That's really funny though. I love your answer for that. Cause my original answer for this question, I was going to be like, probably like middle management, like it's probably (laughs) overrated. (laughs) We're so clever. You're kind of just a middleman. (laughs) but let me think yeah I was gonna say doggy because I feel like they're like that's one that is just like so overhyped but I feel like you're right like reverse (laughs) see and doggy my when I was going through fertility treatments and trying to get pregnant my gynecologist told me that doggy is the best way to get pregnant really Mm -hmm. so did you hear that guys don't do doggy unless you want to get pregnant yeah Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. Okay. Have you ever had a really bad kiss? A really bad one. I can't like honestly. Want to. <laughs> I, don't I don't know that I've had a, a bad, I'm sure I've had bad ones. Like I've had like where I've kissed guys like in the past where they had like bad breath and stuff, and that was really gross. And I'm like, well, I don't want to, but like technique and stuff. Not that I can remember. I don't know. What about you? Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not really judgy yeah. though, too. Like I'm, I'm really like, <laughs> yeah, I, I've had a few, the one that st- stands out the most is, and I've probably told this story before, but it's probably been a long time is this guy that I went on a date with and he was like a great guy. He was really nice. And at one point he was like, Hey, we were, I was following him in my car and he was like, called me and he's like, Hey, we have to turn around. I forgot to feed my cat. And I was like, mm, okay, that's weird. But like, it's cool, whatever. So I follow him back to his house and he's, then he calls me again. He's like, yeah, you can just come in. And all the lights were off in the house. And I remember he like, we walk in, I'm behind him. And then he turns around and he looks at me and he's like, I didn't really have to feed my cat. And I, the first thing in my head, I was like, this is how I die. Like, <laughs> and then immediately after he's like and <laughs> just like comes at me like like in the most <laughs> do you like that yes um, <laughs> made me nervous um, and it was I just it was so much like I didn't even know if there was any chance for us to have chemistry I it was lost because it was just what's happening um and no. so I would say that that's the one that stands out as the worst it was pretty bad <laughs> oh boy <laughs> Okay. Have you ever won first place for anything? 
like band stuff in school. I haven't really competed or anything since. Not that I can remember. Yeah. Um, I'm a loser, baby. No, you're not. <laughs> no, what about you? You were in first place in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only competition I want to win. Why am I like, why did I suddenly turn on like my weird switch right for dish fish? Um, I want a speech meet in middle school. I won an updo contest once, um, (laughs) spirit award at cheerleading camp and like freshman year of high school. And my best one, I won the best blower award (laughs) at a stroke camp. (laughs) What the fuck? So I, my, now it's going to take a downhill turn. My mom had a stroke like a few years ago and they have this thing called, I know, I know this wasn't where you thought it was going at all. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they have this thing, the thing called stroke camp where you go to with like people who have had strokes and like caregivers or like family members. And they have this night or it's like a game night and stuff where they have this competition and the, the team people picked who was going to participate and one of the rounds was you had to blow up balloons as fast as you can and they picked me alongside two or three other people who had all had strokes and I blew up the most balloons and they're like you're the best blower so I got like the best blower (laughs) but I felt really bad then because it was like why did you (laughs) okay (laughs) wow didn't want to win but oh but I Good did. Job. I am the best Good blower. Job. So I had to. <laughs> Anyways. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. That is all we have for today. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube at Boom Tequila Podcast. Although on YouTube, I think we're just at Boom Tequila. If you are listening to this episode on Spotify or Apple or any of those places, you could write a review. That's something that really helps us. And it's a way that you can support us. It doesn't cost anything. And if you're watching on YouTube and you like, go ahead and like the video, subscribe and do all those things. Thank you for hanging out with us and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. You know, when you're doing doggy, they're just looking at your butt. <laughs>